0: What's up, Lions? For as little as five dollars a month, you can help this show to grow while also getting access to our exclusive pride content, which includes shows like Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, special interviews, Lions of Liberty roundtables, and much, much more. So check that out, help us grow at lions of forward
1: slash support. The LNC is here to enable our candidates. Stop it. You know what I mean? Then that's what I'm talking about these battles for infamy. They take the front seat to our candidates and that's not that's not how the LNCs was meant to work.
0: What's up buckaroos? It is another Monday, which means it's another episode of the original, the OG baby, the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast that I founded about oh four and a half years or so ago. This is actually the 342nd edition of that program, which means that you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com 342. But it's not just me. This program has evolved so much over the years. I was so happy to be able to start to include my good friends in Liberty, Brian McWilliams and John Odermatt, as a part of the show. And a part of the show they are. Brian, of course, delivers to you his weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty every single Wednesday on a Electric Liberty Land, while John wraps things up every Friday with his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. You got to make sure you get all these shows. The best way to do that is to hit that subscribe button, whether it's an iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. Subscribe, 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 baby. That's what it's all about to hear all the great content we produce here each and every week at Lions of Liberty. But enough about all that business stuff. Let's just get to today's guest. All right, my guest today is a candidate for the chairmanship of the Libertarian National Committee, speaking with, well, I was going to say the one and only, but I'm guessing there's more than one of you out there in the world. Plead to speak to Joshua Smith. Joshua, are you ready to roar?
1: I'm always ready. That's a good answer. (laughs) Because
0: you're going to need to be always ready. And I know you've been out there busting your hump and uh, hitting the pavement, so to speak, hitting the air, and really meeting people to try to gain yourself this chairmanship. And we'll talk about more, a little bit about why you're running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian National Committee in just a minute. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit better. So Joshua, why don't you just start off telling us a little bit more about how you got into politics and how you got interested in libertarian ideas?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, I served in the United States military. I was in the Navy. I worked on board the USS Constellation. I joined it in 2001, beginning of 2002, maybe. And uh, I was on board the USS Constellation in the Persian Gulf when George Bush declared war in Iraq. You know, and here I am, a young kid, 18, 19 years old, who joined the military because of 9-11, and and I thought I was going to protect my family and my friends and and the country. And and so I joined the military, and we went to war with Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9-11. I was really confused. Uh, We were— a really big part of the shock and awe campaign. In fact, probably the biggest part of the shock and awe campaign. For people who don't know what that is, we essentially just dropped tons and tons of ordnance on Baghdad. You know, I watched our aircraft leave the, the flight deck every single day. Full ordnance come back empty all day long.
0: And that was basically the intent of that. Was it seems to me more uh, psychological warfare. Obviously, there's the physical warfare involved in it, but the intent was to create so much destruction that this war ends so quickly, just because of the you know they've damaged the psyche of the populace so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and and as libertarians and as people who have, have served in the military that are now uh, geared for liberty, we know that this war in the Middle East has been going on for 27 years or longer, and it's time to come home. But at the time, I didn't know better. You know, I was a young kid. I was a uh, you know very nationalistic. I really wanted to uh, you know have you know protect the country that I, I'm from and our freedoms, and and so you know. Partaking that really opened my eyes. You know, I saw the wasteful spending and the loss of human life, uh, innocent human lives on both sides. And when I got home, I was really, really jaded. And I was a registered Republican. And I didn't have a voice in politics. I didn't see a home on the right or left. I didn't see anybody fighting for the causes that really meant something to me that the biggest cause being, you know, non interventionist. At the time, I didn't even know that term. (laughs) So I believe I was in a bar. It had to be 2007. I'm in a bar, I'm watching the TV, and Ron Paul comes on. And you're going to be hard pressed to find someone in our generation who didn't come to liberty by by way of Ron Paul. It's very hard to find. They do exist.
0: It's the but, number uh, one most common answer of uh, guests that come on this program, except for you know some of the old school folks like Walter Block. He he didn't learn <laughs> it from Ron Paul, but you know most of the people like in our generation. I mean, most of them, almost all of them actually cite Ron Paul.
1: Yeah, I actually had I had Walter Block on my show. And man, he just talked about Murray Rothbard the whole time. It was really cool. He's a (laughs) Um, a blast. (laughs) But uh, so yeah, so I I watched Ron Paul speaking. And it was like he was literally, you know, speaking my feelings to Congress. (laughs) So I just really took I took to that campaign. And I really I rallied hard behind Ron Paul 2008 2012. But at some point, in 2010-ish, I was watching Adam Kokesh videos. And Adam will tell you that this isn't how I heard about the Libertarian Party because he <laughs> wasn't talking about it in 2010. But I'm, I'm almost positive that I heard about the Libertarian Party through the activism of Adam Kokesh. I'm a big fan of this guy. He was a veteran against the Iraq War and, you know, he danced at the Jefferson Memorial and getting arrested and right. doing all this crazy activism stuff. And he really ramped me up and got me ready to be a grassroots activist who fought for these causes. But I heard about the Libertarian Party, so I joined it. I was in California at the time. And I never found a direction for my activism through the party. So after three months, I left the party and continue my own brand of activism, you know, with the publications and I've worked on some campaigns and, and uh, you know, word of mouth stuff. And, and I, I don't know how many people I brought to the, the ideology and, and and also to the party, but it's, I mean, I can't count it on two hands anymore. That's for sure.
0: What was it about the party at the time with your initial involvement there that you just, something wasn't syncing up with you? It just didn't feel like uh, whether it was, you know, your reception or just the organization or it wasn't just why was it not a proper outfit for you at the time?
1: I just, I think at the time I didn't see the ron paul revolution in there you know i didn't see this anti-war uh like vehement anti-war movement that i was looking for uh you know i i had joined national and and they didn't help they didn't help me find i at the time i didn't know there was a state affiliate i didn't know that there was a county affiliate you know and this is a this is a a story as old as time for the party a lot of people you know they join national they send in their money every month they get a card and a and a and a newsletter once a month and they don't (laughs) they don't know that there's a state affiliate they don't know that there's local candidates they can be working on their campaigns you and I didn't so I didn't find I didn't find what I was looking for now I now I know <laughs> you know that these things are really important to us cuz we're a ground up you know we're a bottom up structured organization for a reason and at the time I wasn't like a big philosophy guy but I started reading Murray Rothbard and F.A. Hayek and and David Bowes and all these you know all these people you know from the Cato Institute the Mises Institute and I really got into economics which you know is a big part of our philosophy I mean one of the biggest parts of our philosophy And, and so that really really drove the point home and and I really just stayed an activist and then I found the party. I moved to Washington a while back, a couple of years ago, and I, I got with the party here in Washington and I found a cohesive grassroots organization that was busting their backs to spread liberty. You know, they're at, they're up here in Olympia uh, lobbying against new taxes at, at the Capitol and they're working on campaigns and they actually donate money to their candidates. It's insane. And so
0: <laughs> that seems like a logical thing that you would think almost every state party would be be doing but i guess uh, I'm, from your tone i'm guessing that's not not the case
1: yeah you know we we don't do a lot for our, can- our candidates especially not the national party you know and and that's you know it was one of the very big reasons why i chose to run but i mean that's been my foray into politics that's how i got to where i am today you know as a member of the the libertarian party of washington i saw a really hard-working and, and being part of the sec here i saw a really hard-working leadership team. And then I looked to national and I saw a national leadership team that wasn't reflecting their peers. You know, that wasn't, they weren't, they weren't showing their respect for the hardworking ground level activists in the state and local parties. And so that's what, that's what drove me to, to announce that I would be running for chair. I thought, you know, I have this vision. I have these great people that I'm working with. I know a a map to get us to be more successful. So I'm going to put my ideas out there and I'm going to battle in the arena of ideas and hope that this works, you know? And so that's, that's how I got here. and, And the support that I've got, it has been humbling and, and the gratitude I have for those people is immeasurable. So.
0: All right, now I gotta ask, and I'm not not trying to stir the pot too much, but maybe a little bit. You know, to what extent did the current chairman Nicholas Sawark, influence your decision to run? Because I do remember when I first heard about you, I, I saw a meme out there, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. When there was there's a couple incidents of controversy, I would say generated by uh, both Nicholas Sawark, as well as you know Arvin Vora at different points this year. And I remember at one point I saw, which I actually love that Nick said this. He said, you know, if people are out there that don't like what I'm doing, don't like the way I'm running the party don't like my messaging I welcome you to get involved become a delegate show up in New Orleans and vote me out and I think you posted a meme with that quote and then with a picture of you saying a challenge accepted or something to that effect so did Nicholas Swark's like uh, sort of actions and commentary did they directly inspire you to run for the chairmanship or were you already sort of did you already have this idea brewing beforehand
1: yeah no I, I would be lying if I said that it didn't you know I I used to be a Star Wars fan, I did. His little speech where he, he gave the you know, your 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 party your tears are delicious and your parties will die. That was that inspiring. Was yeah. It was beautiful, you know. It, and I was a big Star Wars fanboy, but over the last year it's been really hard for a lot of people who are, are on the ground working. It it has been, you know, with the these constant battles for infamy as opposed to how can we help our candidates? How can we help our state and local leaders? How can we do this? It's it's how, how can we inflame our own movement today? And that's coming from Marvin Vora and Nicholas Sarwark. And if anybody thinks it's not coming from Nicholas Sarwark, I implore you to look at this really cool message that he put out yesterday about how he supports, you know, a walkout and march, you know, to tell the government to take more of our rights. You know, if I remember just a year ago, you know, he was he was going around the movement trying to get people to sign a petition Denouncing the rights march with their tiki band or their, what is it, the tiki, the tiki taliban? You know, and he was denouncing people who wouldn't sign his petition. Well, those people were marching to, to use state force to take our rights. And the, the march yesterday was no different. So, you know, I, I saw this inconsistency in principle across the board. And yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, my first campaign, my first intent to run statement. Literally, it said, Let's make the LP the party of principle once more. And that's, you know, that's the most important thing to me is that we, you know, we need to let people know who we are and we need to show them that we're principled and we're going to stay consistent because there is, first of all, half the country isn't voting right now. They're just not. And the the other half of the country, most of them are looking for a new party and they know they're starting to wake up and realize that the right and the left are the same party. We are the second party, but we can't kowtow. kowtow is it kowtow? Yeah, we can't yes. do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that and and expect to get those people over on our side because they can just stay registered in their old parties that way, you know, but I also don't think we need to take it to an extreme and Arvin Vora everyone and flame them to the point where they want to, they want to punch us, you know? So yeah, that absolutely had a lot to do with it. You know, Nick, he's done a lot of good things for the party. I think it's time for new blood. I think it's time for a new vision and a new direction.
0: Do you think that there is, I mean, I guess, what do you think that the Intent of the current messaging that seems to come from uh, Nick Sarwark and Arvin Fora. I mean, do you think that they are try- just have a different idea about how to go about reaching out to people, or do you, I mean, what do you think their their purposes? Obviously, if you disagree with their approach,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's basically like conspiracy theories at this point. You know, it's like are they is are they so apathetic to their own positions and membership that they're trying to get fired or?
0: He tr- could just not run if that was. If that was yeah,
1: the well, case. And then, yeah, exactly. Well, and then there's like, you know, there's this other conspiracy theory I heard the other day that they're actually trying to push away all the people who wouldn't vote for them at National, <laughs> which I think is, you know, it seems legit if you think about it. You know, if you watch the messaging that's coming out of the, the upper echelon of National right now, y- y- you start coming up with these conspiracy theories because it's insane. It's asinine. You know, we can't run our organization this way and continue and hope to to grow. We can't. We just can't do it. And so, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I really don't know the expressed intent. I know that. Yesterday, Nick stated that his intent with the the messaging he put out yesterday in support of you know kids walking out of school was to get people in the door. And someone called him out on it said, "Is that to get someone in the door who's unprincipled and then hope to teach them principles later?" And he said, "Yes, that's exactly the the point." And then, you know that that really didn't set right with me. I think we need to make sure that we put our principles at the front so people know when they're coming in the door, hey. This is what we stand for. You guys are more than welcome to to check us out and hang out, but just know at the end of the day, these are the principles this party was not only founded on, but the ideology was built around. And so, make sure that you know what's going on. You know, right. so I, I'm not a big fan of, of being the lying salesman. I want to I want to be honest and truthful with people and and give a consistent message that that sparks people's fire.
0: So obviously the role of the chairman is to do more than, you know, make statements on social media and put out memes and that sort of thing. So what do you see the the role of the Libertarian uh, National Committee chairman to be? What what should the main focus of that position be?
1: I, I think that should be coming up with solutions to, to further the, you know, public policy and, and liberty. I think, you know, we're running a $60,000 deficit currently in the National Party of fiscal responsibility, which is insane. So I think, you know, that the, the chair needs to be looking for solutions all the time, constantly, and how to make the party better, how to grow coalitions. You know, it's something that I'm already working on is growing coalitions with the crypto community. You know, I'm reaching out to these, these guys from Nexus and, and the private space community and, and stuff like this. These are, these are people who don't have a political home, and they're looking for a chair that is going to fight for their causes, you know, and these are very libertarian causes. So I think they really need to focus on, you know, coalition building. Uh, candidate growth and enablement is really, really important. We need to build a base for our candidates. We can't just expect, we can't just expect these candidates to pick up one day and go run. You know what I mean? It's, they do it, but it's like they go out there blind. You know, we don't have any educational material for them on how to, you know, get volunteers and and raise funds and door knock and and cold call and we, we don't give them the tools that they need. They don't know what they're doing. And so, I want to implement an educational program into the, the National Media Hub that is something along the lines of Libertarian Leadership Program, which, or Libertarian Leadership Academy that Michael Pickens created. You know, something that gives them all those tools so they can have time to focus on their message when they're running because, at the end of the day, right now, the most important thing for our candidates is the message because that's how we're going to further public policy here, you know, and so I think that, and then also media attention. I think that's really, really huge. That's something that that's personal for me. You know, another one of the reasons why I ran was the, the huge ball drops in Montana with the Mark Wicks campaign and the huge ball drop in Alabama with the Ron Bishop writing campaign where he's running against Roy Moore. We all know who Roy Moore is and Ron Bishop was a writing candidate for the Libertarian party there. Special election. We had nothing else to focus on the entire nation's media has descended on Alabama and Ron Bishop could have got the state of Alabama ballot access for the libertarians had he gotten a certain amount of votes even as a write-in that would have that would have qualified yeah i believe so and so well and so here's the thing what did we do as a national leadership team to to help that cause we put out a meme and a reminder to vote that's all we did that's it And so I've talked pretty extensively about wanting to create a media hit squad, have a couple people around the country that are ready to send on these media opportunities, call call a press conference, put out a press release, get on the steps of the Capitol when all the nation's media is there and let people know they have another option because the, the media has no vested interest in the Libertarian Party. They don't care about us. We don't get on the ballot half the time. We're not in the debates. They don't care. We have to go and take that media or we continue to lose. So that's something that I think the chair really needs to focus on is, is media, you know, and it doesn't have to be me. I have no problem getting on the news and talking to people, but we can have four or five people that are just ready to go, you know? And so, yeah, I think the candidate education and growth and, and helping to, to really shape our, our ground level activism. And then uh, the media are, are you know and the coalition building those are like the, my four main areas of focus and I, I think the chair should really worry about that. And then obviously you know running a meeting and, and running a convention is going to be really important and everyone's you know so preoccupied with Robert's rules <laughs> which is which is fine I get it. Everyone of, loves those rules and those uh, points of order and rules <laughs> <laughs> rules rules right No so at, at the end of the day and I've told I, I have not made this a secret when, when we have LNC meetings we're gonna sit down we're going to crack a beer. We're going to look over the email list and then we're going to I'm going to ask everyone, what can we do for our candidates over the next three months? How can we further our cause? That's what I want to hear. I don't want to sit there and have a vote on the color of towels at the national headquarters for an hour. It's a waste of time and it's wasting resources that we should be putting into our candidates and into our affiliates. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to leading leading a meeting, that's that's what my meetings are going to look like. <laughs>
0: Well, you had me a crack of beer, to be honest. <laughs> as I thought I would, Mark. <laughs> you know what? What are your thoughts regarding strategy at the national level when it comes to candidates? Now, there there seems to be some differing philosophies. I mean, some people believe we should just have as many candidates as possible at every level and support them equally. And I, I think there's others that feel like you should focus on some very very select resources. And there are those that believe you should focus on some very very specific races and try to pour all the resources in. To those to really build attention, such as like the Mark Wix uh, campaign, or I mean, more recently the Drew Gray Miller campaign. I think that was a great opportunity to get some focus, and he actually did end up getting a, a decent amount of national attention uh, with how close the result was. So, do you fall on one side or the other when it comes to that, or do you think there's kind of a you know a happy middle ground there?
1: Yeah, I think there's a happy balance. I think these these so these special elections are important to us because there's nothing else going on. You know that Drew. I, I had the opportunity to meet Drew when I was in Pennsylvania two weeks ago. The guy was amazing. He's an amazing candidate. Anybody who meets him knows he's going to be an amazing candidate. He's got a very, very, very bright future with this party and with this movement. And national, I think they put out uh, two emails uh, during his campaign. You know, this gentleman, Drew Gray Miller, has probably just from the media that I've seen has probably got more earned media as a libertarian than any candidate I've seen yeah, just, on,
0: just on Kennedy recently, right after the, the
1: yeah, he's been on Fox news several times. I mean, he's, he's great. And we did nothing. We really, in my opinion, we didn't do anything anything and so yeah absolutely
0: well why don't we kind of use this case as an example i mean what if you were national chair right now i mean during that campaign what would you specifically do differently like in the case of the drew miller campaign
1: and in the weeks leading up to the election Well, and I actually tried to do some stuff now. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I put out a I put out a video blog, you know, and and called for help and asked people, you know, gave gave his volunteer link. I know he got at least one volunteer, (laughs) but I think we need to be putting out calls to action and getting people involved. We have we are the party of activists. We there's no reason that we shouldn't be getting 100 people doing calls for someone like Drew Gray Miller, you know, and you don't have to live in Pennsylvania to be calling for Drew Gray Miller. And, you know, I think we we could have done a lot more. We could have, you know, helped. Like I said, press releases. We could have tried to contact media for him, tried to get him in, in front of more people, tried to find, you know, there's all kinds of help we can do that doesn't even cost money. You know, that's, that's the, all these people, whenever I talk about this, they're like, oh, well, we don't have the money for that. Well, I, I know that no duh, but that's not what's the most important thing right now. What the most important thing is, is that we get people help and volunteers. So that would be a big focus for me is trying to, you know, especially in these special elections is trying to get people, volunteers, more volunteers, more help. That's what they need. They need people that are going to go door knock for them and, and phone bank for them and let the people in his district know they have another option and it's probably the better option.
0: I mean, it seems like there's got to be a way, and I haven't really seen it for the Libertarian Party, of rallying the base, like the, the true Libertarian base out there in times like this, when there is a special election or when there is a, a campaign that might have a, a specifically unique circumstance or a, a specific like reason, like in the Roy, Roy Moore case, where there's just a lot of attention on it, to really go like hog wild and rally everybody that is, is really you know principled on these issues. And, I, I mean, maybe there are things behind the scenes I don't know. I'm not there, and I don't want to pass judgment, but I, from what I have seen, I don't see anything like that coming from the Libertarian Party itself. I've seen excitement around these campaigns. Uh, There was a lot of excitement around Drew Gray Miller, but it came from Drew. It came from him generating (laughs) the excitement and a lot of the people around him. I I know he's he's, um, familiar with uh, John Odermatt, one of the hosts that I know you met him at the Libertarian uh, Convention in Pennsylvania as well, I mean, and he's the one that sent him to my show, so we were able to get him on the show and spread that around a bit, and he got a lot of attention like you said on cable news but it didn't seem like the libertarian party had anything to do with that if anything the libertarian party got more attention because of Drew Gray
1: Miller. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Drew Gray Miller b- brought more attention to the libertarian party than the libertarian <laughs> party brought to him. Absolutely 100% and I'm tired of seeing that. That's something that I've been tired of seeing. And yeah, the, we didn't do enough. We just didn't. We we dropped the ball again and and it's constant. Like I said, he might be one of the best candidates I've seen in my lifetime for our party. And we, we sent out two emails. That's not going to rally the troops. We need to let people know hey, we have this awesome candidate running in Pennsylvania. Everyone go watch this video and then ask me how you can help. <laughs> you know, that's what we need to do. We need to rally people. And th- that's why I'm so happy. You know, here's a big problem as well is a lot of people in the movement aren't happy with current leadership. You know, and so while Drew Gray Miller is out there campaigning, we have leadership arguing over, you know, a post on Facebook or a Tide Pod post or talking about age of consent laws. It's like, this is not what we're for. The LNC is here to enable our candidates. Stop it. You know what I mean? Then, then that's what I'm talking about. These battles for infamy—they take the front seat to our candidates, and that's not—that's not how the LNC is, was meant to work. My name is Dale Kearns,
2: and I'm running for United States Senate in Pennsylvania as a Libertarian. I'm a concerned citizen who has had enough. I work as a project manager for an electrical contractor in southeastern Pennsylvania. There I manage large commercial and industrial projects. I'm a husband and a father of two energetic little girls. I'm running to advocate for a society where my girls have more liberty, not less. Will you support our campaign? Unlike my competitors, I'm not a career politician. I don't have millionaire and billionaire donors. I'm running for Senate in Pennsylvania because I want to take the message to Washington that we want government out of our lives. Will you let me be your voice? Let me be the voice that says, We will not walk quietly down the road to Serfdom. The voice that says we need free market solutions. The voice that says we need to end the failed war on drugs. The voice who will fight for the forgotten man, non-violent offenders wasting away in prison, and addicts who are afraid to speak up and seek the help they need. We are seeking members for our campaign team. I encourage you to apply. We need donations to help us spread the message of liberty across the state. We can go on hoping for liberty to happen, or we can fight together. I hope you choose the ladder and join me today. Find out more at dalekearns.com. Paid for by Dale Kearns for office.
0: Uh, Joshua, if you became chairman, what would be your strategy when it comes to – I mean we've already discussed how you would rally that, that libertarian base and your ideas when it comes to candidates, people that are already active and already want to be involved in the party. But obviously at the end of the day, if the libertarian party is going to grow and become something more, you're going to need to interest a lot of more people in the party and in the ideas of liberty. So what would be your strategy and your thoughts as chairman about how you would go about that using the specific vehicle of the libertarian party to generate more interest in the party? itself, but maybe more importantly, not maybe, definitely more importantly, the ideas of liberty overall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've talked a little bit about a consistent message of of liberty. I think that's really, really important. Like, you know, Ron Paul just, just wrote about this. There's a whole younger generation of people who are interested in a third party. Well, the real Question here is We're not a third party. We're the second party, and we know that. But we have to show that we're the second party. We have to let these people understand that we are different from the two old parties, but we don't have to be inflammatory. Like, you know, it's it, we got one person in leadership that's trying to kind of seem seems to want to make us like the old parties and one person in leadership that kind of wants to inflame everyone so badly far away from the old parties that they don't want to join ours and i think that if we can find that consistent message principled message of liberty that's going to that's going to help bring a lot of people to our our cause and it's going to keep people it's going to keep people from leaving which is important you know and i've talked about this quite a few other interviews since january of last year to August of last year, we had a 24% net loss of memberships. That's insane. And yeah, it's a lot. You know, it was, uh, over 4,000 national members just dropped off and 2000 of those people were just in the month of August alone. And this is the month that Nick was, uh, going to war with the Ludwig von Mises Institute. And this is the same month that Arvin started talking about all soldiers being murderers, you know, and, and then they, they want to make excuses. Well, it was an election year and these are people are, are leaving. no, People are leaving because they don't want to stay with the party and so I think we really need to create a viable political home for people and this is what I'm you know when I start talking about coalitions I think that's really really important that we build these coalitions because if we can build a coalition with a crypto community that's millions of people millions and these are people who are fighting every day for decentralized currency I mean they are circumventing the Fed already. And that's a very libertarian cause. So I believe
0: And a lot of those people have that money we were talking about. They they need
1: to grow. (laughs) Exactly. And if they see a party, a viable home for their causes that is fighting and lobbying for their causes, they're going to join and they're going to help. You know, I've already talked to several, you know, big whales in the community and they said, look, if this is how it's going to be, if this is how you're going to run it, what can I do? You know, I've had them donate to my campaign and help me get travel around and you know these why aren't, I've probably made more off cryptocurrency for my campaign in the last ten weeks than national has received in bitcoin coin donations because I think they received five thousand dollars this year in bitcoin donations. and And I saw Daniel Hayes go on on live video and start yelling at people. Where's it at? Where's the crypto donations at? I don't see it. Well, maybe it's because you guys are not building those coalitions. You're not giving them this home that they're seeking. So they don't want to give you their Bitcoin. You know what I mean? It's going to be worth more money in 10 weeks anyways. Yeah, so, no,
0: one, no one really likes to be badgered for money typically. that's No. You know, people want no. to want. You need people that want to give money because they want to for whatever reasons, whether they support the direction, they support the mission,
1: they support the principles or what have you. You have to give them a reason you have to give them a reason and we're not giving them reasons we're not giving anyone reasons to join the party right now the majority of what i see every day is giving people reasons to leave and i see a lot of people that are okay with that but there's a lot of people that are not okay with that and those are the people who are supporting me so yeah i mean you know outside of that i've talked pretty heavily about upgrading our technology i want to do omni channel marketing campaigns i want I want it to be seamless across all platforms i really want to start doing video blogs i'd like to see all the LNC members do video blogs and update everybody at least, uh, you know, on a monthly basis of what's going on, what we're doing, how we're going to further our party, how we're helping our candidates, and I want to—I'd like to see a national podcast created. You know, our, our Facebook page has eight hundred thousand followers. We put out a good podcast, a solid national libertarian podcast. We could do some big things with that. How you is know that how- not already a thing? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But if you, if you're sitting in the here porch. waiting
0: by the phone, waiting for the <laughs> LNC to give me a call and, uh, you know, there's a, but there, I mean, that's, that's just so such an obvious thing to, to be doing right now because I mean, podcasting is, is so huge and. There are so many great libertarian podcasts. I'm not even one of the top ones that that I'm talking about, but I mean, uh, you know, that are out there and reaching new people. I mean, I, I've seen the Jason Sableton program, part of the problem with Dave Smith, this program. I have firsthand heard accounts from our fans of people that went from not knowing anything about this stuff to becoming excited libertarians. So now it's about finding those people, getting those people excited, perhaps getting them involved in the libertarian party. But it's really
1: the party that should be leading that charge. Mark, let me ask you this. As a podcaster, with a fairly successful podcast, I might add. Thank you. Doing all right. Thanks. (laughs) how much bigger do you think your podcast would be right now if you started with 800,000 followers? Oh, are you kidding me? Like (laughs) it's immeasurable. You'd be, I mean, you, you'd be competing with, with Adam Carolla right now.
0: We have been, you know, we built this thing from the ground up. We started with zero followers and just through word of mouth and, you know, trying to get the word out and, and really organic marketing in many ways. Uh, and I spent years on blogs on the daily Paul, just building my, my cache up, so to speak. So that when I did launch this podcast, there was sort of a somewhat of a built-in audience. And then from there, it's just four or five years of just hammering away, hammering away. If we had 800,000 Facebook likes, my God, and, and, and did the same kind of hammering away. I mean, I I can't even uh, comprehend where we'd be right now.
1: We, you know, and this is, this is the kind of stuff we, we have to come into the, you know, this, this is the digital age, my friend. And it's and not uh,
0: expensive to do a podcast. Especially. No, it's not. I, mean, I do. Money I would be do it excuse. for free.
1: I would do it for free as chair of the party i would sit down once a week and do it for free i have no problem doing that especially with the programs we have now we can get a, we can get the whole lnc on through sendcaster in 5 minutes everybody goes buys a $100 cheap mic and we're ready to go you know what i mean and so yeah it's there's there's all these processes and and they don't even they're not even to cost us more resources it's things that we could be doing now that we're just not and and so i think that's going to be the path to bringing more people to liberty
0: and just imagine if you actually got podcasters themselves slash ourselves more interested in this, you would have podcasters that have built-in audiences volunteering to help with the podcast, volunteering to, you know, get more involved in this sort of thing. I mean, is that part of your idea as well? Bringing in, I mean, this is part of the mission of the Mises Caucus, who I know they've endorsed you. Uh, our friend Michael Heise, I've talked to him quite a few times, and I know his big concept is bringing in all these libertarian names, these libertarian people with followings, and trying to get them involved in the party. The Scott Hortons, the Tom Woodses, the Ron Pauls, the people that have followings totally unrelated to the political aspect, and then trying to envelop it all into this this party to some extent. I mean, and those by far are the most excited people, the people that are the most interested in talking about, literally, because it's what we do, we sit here and talk about the ideas of liberty. I mean, do you kind of align with that concept of trying to get the sort of apolitical, I'm not apolitical, but I'm not involved politically in any way other than you know interviewing people involved in politics, I mean, of getting th- that kind of person directly more involved with the party.
1: Mark, that's called networking, and it's one of the most important things that an organization can do. If we're and we're failing at it, you know, it's yeah, absolutely, we have to network. We have to coalition build. It's it's so important to our cause. And for forty six years, outside of maybe the first ten years, I think that ball has been dropped. And yeah, absolutely, networking is going to be huge. Coalition is going to coalition building is going to be huge. And we are we're gonna we're gonna try to bring in people that already have a built in base, and those built in base people are hopefully going to see our cause and see that we're working hard for for their causes and. And hopefully they'll they'll join too and they'll you know, you can't you can't start an army with one person. It doesn't work that way. You know, you gotta get you gotta get some people in and as much as we hate the word collectivism in in this ideology, people gotta work together to, to As long our as it's voluntary. Yeah, it's as long <laughs> as it's voluntary. It's totally voluntary. You don't have to do it, but we would appreciate if you would come and help us uh, you know, fight the the battlefield of, of ideas. That'd be great.
0: All right, Joshua. Well, I'm going to let you give right now your final pitch to anyone listening, whether they're not sure if they want to even be involved in the final process or be involved in the party or what have you. Why should people out there consider either supporting you, sending you money, or if they're someone who may become a delegate at the National Libertarian Convention, why should they consider showing up at that convention and voting for Joshua Smith as LNC chair?
1: I'll tell you, Mark. The main reason that people should come and vote for me for chair for the LNC is that I have a real vision for this party. I have a a pathway to help us become more successful. I'm surrounded by people every day that feel the same and they have the same vision. And and I've met – thousands of people either online or at these state conventions who want the same things. I only am running to give this party back to our hardworking activists. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm gonna do, whether I'm the chair of the party or not. So you should come out, help me get that platform and and hopefully, you know, help us with our cause.
0: All right. Well, Joshua Smith, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. And uh, I know uh, my audience is going to enjoy getting to know you as well. So I wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring, man.
1: Hey, thank you, man. I I promise I will.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation there with Joshua Smith. And, you know, I I don't really have a dog in the fight of the LNC chairmanship, I'm not going to be at the Libertarian Convention in New Orleans. Most likely. It's possible. I know John Odermatt is going to try to get there. I've just got too much going on in that time period. We're going to be at Pork Fest just the week before that. Thanks to our members of the Lions of Liberty Pride. Uh, Of course, do plan to cover the event. We're hoping um, maybe some other Lions will be there doing some stuff for us. We'll get some, maybe some interviews from the scene. You know, we'll get your coverage in one way or the other. But point being, I I look very much at the Libertarian Party as I'd say, as an interested spectator. You know, I I don't have uh, necessarily a candidate that I root for for any certain position, although there are certainly people I like that are heavily involved in the party, people I think they have some great spirit and great ideas. I would like to host some debates with some of the candidates for the LNC chairmanship. Of course, uh, Nicholas Sawark is also running as well as Alicia Dern and a couple other folks. And I think those are really honestly the the three main candidates, however. So I'd like to do something closer to the convention with uh, a few of them as well as for the vice chairmanship. Now, there's a lot of people with a lot of ideas. And at the end of the day, no matter what you might think of any of these candidates who might be running for this or or any position within the Libertarian Party, the fact of the matter is these are all people who work hard for the ideas. of liberty. Now, maybe we don't agree with every single person running on every single issue. Uh, that would be nearly impossible. But for the most part, these are good people working hard through what they see as one possible avenue to change our society, to change the way we look at each other, to change the way we interact with our fellow man, to change the way we look at the government. That was really the spirit of Ron Paul's campaign. And to me, that does seem to be a lot of the, the approach that Joshua Smith is taking to his run for the chairmanship. So I think he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on. I did want to do a one-on-one interview with him since I already have had Alicia Dern and Nicholas to on this show individually in the past, but uh, hoping to set up a debate. So that's what I'm going to try to do pretty soon. Uh, As you're listening to this, I am currently in New Orleans with our good friend and legal man of mystery, Rico. So who knows what we're getting into right now. Uh, Pride members will hopefully be hearing, if they haven't already, a uh, special on-the-scene drunken podcast from me and Rico that we plan to do in our hotel room. some point. So check out for that, of course, to join the pride. As little as 5 bucks a month gets you access to all the exclusive audio content we produce with which is loads, let me tell you. We have the Conspiracy Corner, probably our most popular bonus show where we dive into all sorts of different conspiracies from the very, very weird, like the Flat Earth Theory, as we did touch on that in one, to uh, the more, how you say, uh, I guess, real stuff like Waco and the Oklahoma City bombing. We really look at a lot of different aspects of a lot of different conspiracy theories out there. That's for Pride members only. Of course, we have our Pretty much weekly Degenerate Gamblers podcast, which is really just mostly old stories from our college days and our our silly lives here that people really seem to enjoy. We have so much content, especially bonus content like I did last week with Mary Ruart, little extra segments with guests like her. We really work hard to make sure you get value for your dollar. So for as little as $5 a month, I certainly ask you, if you're a fan of the show, a fan of what we're doing, to consider joining the Pride. Give up a cup of coffee. Give up a beer every month and help us spread these ideas of liberty. Folks, next week I'm still going to be traveling for the next week or so. So everything you're going to hear is probably going to be mostly uh, pre-recorded, except for some live stuff I do on the road or some things I might do on the fly. But I want to tell you right now about next week's interview because it is a doozy. I was so excited to speak with Mr. Joel Salatin. A lot of you guys that are listeners of this show are fans of this guy. He's been a often requested guest. He's a uh, very well known in the farming community, the libertarian community, all sorts of communities. And- And uh, he's really got a lot of interesting views, especially in regards to uh, his take on dealing with the government as a farmer, as someone who approaches farming in a totally different way. And I think he's got some really interesting views that you guys are going to find fascinating. So be sure to tune in next week. For my interview with Joel Salatin this coming Wednesday, do not forget to tune back in to your weekly shot of Comedy Culture and Liberty with Brian McWilliams and Electric Liberty Land. He's actually traveling as well right now as you're listening to this. He's in Japan, but he was able to put together a little special Electric Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. That's right. That's a little spin on the normal L I L D L. The Electric Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. Try saying that five times fast, but that's what you're going to get on Wednesday. And of course, as as always, John Odermatt will be bringing you another hard-hitting edition of Felony Friday this coming Friday. you got to hit that subscribe button to get them all, folks. It's the only way. Or you could just keep showing up and downloading them or coming to our website. I guess there are other ways, but we encourage hitting the subscribe button. We don't want you to miss anything. Folks, until next week, live long and live free. Hey, Liberty Rockers, this is Johnny Rocket from the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Each week, I strive to bring you the best guests and talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, economists, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check it out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com or find us on iTunes. Each show is action-packed, explicit, and a lot of fun. So join me at Johnny Rocket Launchpad.com pat.com every week for the newest episode keep liberty
2: alive and rock and roll